Welcome to A Wild New Work, a podcast about how to take wise, soul-centered action in your work life and in your organization, all based on the wisdom of nature. I'm Megan Leatherman, a career coach, mother, and amateur ecologist living in the Pacific Northwest, and I'm your host today. Hi friends, welcome to this early liminal, almost springtime, whispers of spring season. Uh, We are in the last phase of Aquarius season. The sun will move into the sign of Pisces on February 18th. So with the new phase of, of Pisces, we are moving into the final phase of winter. So we are in that liminal period between the winter and the spring. Last time in part one of this little series, we talked about assessing the state of your cup, your energetic vessel, and how to tend to it so that you can really hold and experience, you know, more magic and joy in your career. And today I want to talk about how to then take that fullness and channel that joy into symbiotic relationships and reciprocal opportunities in your career. Uh, It's going to be good. So I'm really glad that you're here. I just have two little announcements before we dive in. If the last episode and this one feel useful to you, I want to invite you to join us in Cedar Lodge for our in-depth course called Healing Self, Healing Others. This is a deeper look at how you yourself are a vessel for healing and how then to bring more of that into your current career. And Cedar Lodge is free at any time, but current courses are also always free to members. So if this topic feels good to you and you want to learn more about it, join us before Monday, February 22nd and sign up for this course and get the four weeks for free. I also wanted to share another reminder that intuitive career readings are back. These are in-depth tarot readings on you and your career, and when you schedule one, I ask you questions about what's coming up or feeling hard in your life and career, and then I take that information, I ask you know, my own questions, ask spirit or the universe, and then randomly pull tarot cards in response, and then I interpret those cards using my intuition, the tarot training that I've received from my teacher, Lindsay Mack, and I also bring in, of course, my logical experience as a career coach. So all of those insights get woven in with photos of your reading, but also your life path card, your card for the current year, and resources into a usually a 10 page document or so. And I also record a 30 minute audio summary explaining what I believe spirit has to say about your career right now. So it's all done from a distance. Generally, these readings are really helpful. I do them with my one-on-one clients and I've offered them on their own before. And I'm, I'm really excited to do that again because they are a joy for me to do, but also really helpful and definitely shift things and bring new perspective to the people who receive them. So if you are hungry for some new insights about your work and you and the opportunities available to you right now, I invite you to sign up for one. I'm only offering three readings per month right now. So if you go to the website and I'll put a link below, it's just a wildnewwork.com. If you don't find a time available there, the best way to be notified when times do come up again is by joining my newsletter, which I'll put a link in the show notes for as well. So I would love to do one of these readings on your behalf if you need some fresh, deeper insights about where you're at. All right, with that, why don't we do our opening invocation? So wherever you are, you can sort of settle in. And even if you're moving or busy, just take a conscious breath with me. 
May each of us be blessed and emboldened to do the work we're meant to do on this planet. May our work honor our ancestors, known and unknown, and may it be in harmony with all creatures we share this earth with. I express gratitude for all of the technologies and gifts that have made this possible, and I'm grateful to the Cowlitz and Clackamas tribes, among many others, who are the original stewards of the land that I'm on. All right, well, I just want to take a minute to talk about where we are in the cycle of the seasons and the year. So we have been in the sign of Aquarius for about three weeks now, which is the sort of foreshadowing of spring. If you follow the Celtic wheel of the year, then you know that the pagan holiday of Imbolc was on February 1st, which is a day that marked sort of the promise of spring. It's when the, um, you know, the sheep were starting to have their lambs, the first flowers are coming up, like we sense that something is shifting. And in Cedar Lodge, we've been looking at seedlings a lot and talking about the wisdom that is inherent in this like very unique, special time and this process that's happening under the soil. So these little seeds are starting to crack open. Um, the And I talk more in the course about how this actually happens, but these seeds pull in water from the soil around them to fill themselves up so much that they can't, the water, the force of the water cracks the seed open. And so they send a sprout downward, trusting gravity, and also send it upward. And so there is this incredible process happening underneath and all around us of sensing into our environments, really using those instincts to understand like is now the right time to crack open and what does that look like and kind of pulling in, filling ourselves up with what makes sense and what hydrates us so that it can sort of lift us into new life. So I'll share more about that in a couple of minutes. Um, So sun has been in the sign of Aquarius. It's going to move into the sign of Pisces on February 18th. Mercury is also retrograde, which um, I have personally experienced. This is the second time I'm recording this episode because I got halfway through the editing and some mysterious scratchy noise was coming through. So if you have had any, you know, glitchiness or weird things coming through, you know, it's not a curse. Uh, I think it's just an excellent time to kind of notice and pay attention and slow down and be a little more thoughtful about how we're moving through our lives and, you know, interacting with technology, which can happen so quickly and so mindlessly for many of us. So it's a good opportunity between now and Uh, well, for the next month, really, uh, to just go slow and be thoughtful. And if things come up and, you know, what you thought was going to be a smooth process isn't, to sort of adapt and and roll with it. So we're moving from Aquarius, which is an air sign symbolized by the water bearer, into Pisces, which is a water sign symbolized by the fish. And in the tarot, we're moving from the star card in the major arcana to the moon card. And to me... This feels like a period of sort of disillusion and darkness before life begins, before the dawn, before Aries season comes with the spring equinox. Pisces is the last sign in the zodiac calendar, so there is this sense of like ending and new beginnings with the spring. And this doesn't have to be scary, but it is a different type of orientation than most of us are used to. It's an invitation to really get serious about 
letting go of some areas where there's tightness or constriction, getting more comfortable with the mystery of life, of not knowing how everything is going to pan out, you know, not knowing exactly what you or your career is going to look like in five years and kind of coming to terms with that. There are three water signs throughout the zodiac, and I find that they each have their own sort of texture and way of showing up. And to me, Pisces is really about that vast, seemingly limitless ocean where there's just, you know, a drop of water is immediately like taken in and dissolved into this vast sea of, um, you know, in the best case scenario, climate change aside, this vast sea of like incredible diversity and richness of life, which is ours to um, protect. Not that it's only up to us, but it's really important, of course, that we curb the uh, negative impacts of humans on the ocean and the acidity and you know all this, you know, climate change. So um, if Pisces is the ocean, then we are learning how to become comfortable with its currents, its ebbs and flows, its vastness, and remembering that even when we feel lost at sea, um, we are never, of course, truly lost, that we live in a compassionate universe and can always come back to ourselves, come back to the breath, come back to our purpose. And to take the seedling metaphor a little further, this is really the point at which this newly birthed plant is sending roots downward and sprouting upwards, but it hasn't hit the light yet. You know, it's little sweet little tendrils haven't come into the sunshine. So all that it can do is to follow its instincts, sensing into the dark soil, sensing the temperature, the water levels, the nutrients that are there, sensing what other plants are there. And what this invitation offers us in part is that if we do this work, if we trust our own instincts for sensing into the darkness, not rushing the process, it offers us a stronger connection to ourselves and our own authority. If you practice the tarot or follow numerology at all, then you know that 2021 is a number five year. So 222021 adds up to five, which in the major arcana is the Hierophant card. And this archetype teaches us how to become the own, our own best authority and guidance system in our lives. You know, what is it that guides us when the night is dark, when the moon is out, when shadows are at play, when we can't quite see the way forward, when it's not dawn yet? That's what we really need to hold on to right now. And when we do that, we can send our roots down into the right places. We can sense and sync up with the life around us. And we give ourselves the best chance for this new growth that's sprouting. If we don't do this, if we clamor and rush and panic, the new growth that is cracking open right now is not going to be able to find its way to the light. Or it may not, not be an enjoyable process. <laughs> it may be a very painful process. So I'll share more about Pisces on the next episode, but for now, I encourage you to really steep yourself in this metaphor of a new sprout that is following its own ancient wisdom. You know, these seeds that are coming to life underground, they don't have a calendar, right? They don't have a book to tell them what to do or when the right time to sprout is. They don't have Google, you know, thank God. The seeds have themselves and their instincts, and that has got to be good enough, and it's good enough for us too. One of the things that I love so much about the work 
that I do and mostly the people that I do it with and the community that's around it is that you really care so much about how you can, you know, help show up, make positive contributions to the world through your careers. It's what I love about you that that there's this desire to do work that is, you know, a good reflection of your strengths, but ultimately for it to be work that adds meaning and beauty and healing to the world in your own unique way. So today I want to share some thoughts about how you can do that more. And of course, where my mind goes first is to the natural world. You know, how does nature offer healing and impact? You know, how does it contribute, which is sort of funny once you start to think about and remember the fact that the natural world, you know, we would not exist without it. Like its contribution is just um, not to be taken for granted, but it's absolute. So when I, when I was thinking about this and sort of, you know, looking out my window as I do, um, and as I'm looking at like the squirrels and the birds and the plants that I see, I realize like they don't wake up wondering what their purpose is. They live their lives as best as they can, which as a byproduct then contributes beauty and balance to the ecosystem that they're in. Nature heals by being in its fullness. The plants and the animals that make this world go round are themselves first and fully themselves, unapologetically themselves. You know, I'll give you a couple of examples. As you walk through the woods the next time you're on a hike or out on a walk in your neighborhood, you might remember that the trees all around you are emitting these invisible phytoncides, these invisible chemicals that they use to ward off insects, which happen to have antibacterial and antifungal properties that are shown to help our immune systems. So the aid in this case, the benefits that we receive, which are many when we're talking about trees, but in this particular case, these chemicals, that aid is a byproduct of the tree being the fullest, most alive, most expressive tree that it can be. Okay, so the tree not only benefits because it keeps the insects at bay, but the entire ecosystem around it benefits as well. Another example that comes to mind is uh, vultures. So these birds, um, you know, are often pegged as like yucky or, you know, they're not the prettiest birds all the time, but vultures have evolved to scavenge, right? So by being fully themselves, doing what they naturally do, they are fed and able to produce offspring, but they also play a pivotal role in keeping the ecosystem clean. They purify and they put away the rot and the disease so that other living beings can really thrive. So without each component of the natural world being fully itself and in balance with other components, there would be no healing. There would be no natural world. There would be no balance. So every part is incredibly important and it's important that it is living in integrity with what it really is, right? It doesn't help anyone for, you know, the oak tree to spend resources trying to become a pine tree, right? That's not going to help the oak tree be, you know, a healthy, adaptable version of itself, and it's not going to help the ecosystem either. So once these components, once these living beings are fully themselves, almost instantly, they enter into a relationship with other organisms in the ecosystem. And this just happens naturally and it happens for us too. We can't help but be in relationship with these other, 
you know, creatures or elements. Like we are in a relationship with the air. We are in a relationship with the sun and the moon and the grasses and the plants all around us. And I don't want to say a lot about symbiosis in this episode, but I will link to an article that I wrote recently for Collective Wisdom Magazine about the wisdom of symbiosis and what it can teach us about coming into better relationships within our careers. But all organisms are in some sort of relationship with other organisms around them. Some of these relationships are equal and reciprocal. They're symbiotic. Some are still symbiotic, but are are what are called parasitic relationships where one organism is benefiting usually to the detriment of another. But for each organism, the call is really to focus their instincts, to follow their instincts as best as they can, adapting and relating as they go, finding the relationships that work. And so I'll link to that article so you can learn more about that if you'd like to. But this is happening naturally and inevitably, and it happens to us in our lives and our careers as well. You know, you probably didn't worry about your purpose very much as a child. You know, of course, because of the grown-ups you were probably around, I'm sure you were asked what you wanted to be when you grow up. But before that, as a little, little one, you didn't wonder if you were contributing enough. <laughs> you didn't wonder what your, you know, purposes, how you can help. Your role was to explore and learn and grow and to enter into relationships with the people and things around you. And that's a natural part of being human, of being born. And something broke in our relationship to the natural world as humanity delved further into you know, quote unquote, civilization, we separated from the natural rhythms and cycles of nature, not completely, of course, because we are nature. But there was this, I think, separation. And and I think that is where this sense of feeling lost and disconnected really comes from. I know that it's really painful to not be sure what your contribution is, not be sure what your right work is. And I want to tell you that the clues that you need to learn more about that are right under your feet. You do not have to go out searching for your purpose. It is right here. Your purpose is to be the fullest version of yourself. And from that place to then sync up with the life and the growth that's happening all around you. You know, you can't you can't go manufacture your purpose. You're not going to find it in a book. No one can tell you what it is. You can't fucking order it on Amazon and get two-day shipping. Like, This is an organic, natural process that needs to unfold, and it will do so when you give yourself permission to just be the fullest expression of you and your deepest, wisest self. Not that it needs to be perfect or look any one way, but if you can give yourself that permission and really fill your cup, like we talked about last time, what's going to flow is going to be a natural outpouring of your unique wisdom and way of caring. So again, when we can tap into the Hierophant archetype and really take this seriously, really take ourselves and our careers, our influence seriously then we are going to, that energy is going to flow from us much more easily. Of all the years, I would say just because of what we're collectively going through, of all the years, this is the one to really take your impact 
seriously, to appreciate the impact that you have on the world around you, to um, see it and learn about it and think about how you want it to grow and to be really discerning about where your energy goes in your career. So I want to share some ways that you can learn more about your own unique way of caring, like from that center, from that authoritative place. And caring gets complicated because it's also wrapped up in patriarchal norms of usually feminized forms of subservience or, you know, martyrdom or, you know, ways that many women get socialized into caring, which can often translate into like doing things for everyone else except you or, you know, not offering your opinion or not getting angry on and on. Um, so I'm treading lightly here, but I do want to share some questions and reflections with you so that you can tap into how you offer caring when you are centered and grounded. And when it comes from your deep self. So my first question that I invite you to ponder is how are people different after leaving your orbit? When you are at your best, which doesn't mean perfect, But when you're at your best, when you're in integrity with yourself, what changes in the people around you? You know, after they leave your presence, are they calmer? Are they more energized? Are they clearer, softer, stronger? Like name the ways that people shift. And they do. This is, this is inevitable. Research shows that these, you know, we can influence people by our, the beta waves that are coming from our brains, like our presence inevitably has an influence on the people around us, especially if you have kids or roommates or the people that you live with and you're physically in presence with. And I know this is different since COVID-19 and the isolation, but even, you know, on these digital platforms and these Zoom calls, you still have an influence over how people feel and how they are in your presence. So really see how they're different when you are at your best. My second question is when your cup is full, what overflows naturally? Like what comes through that you just can't really help or don't even need to think about that much? For me, when my cup is full and I'm feeling good and I have some spaciousness, I can't really help but like clean and tend to my space. I I love it. It's just what sort of comes through naturally. I like to, um, you know, purify, clean, like set up, make sure the energy is flowing in the room correctly. Um, This is one of the things that I loved when I was seeing clients in person. Um, And now, of course, I do it mostly at home and in my home office. But that is one thing that just comes through naturally when my cup is full. Um, I had a client recently who it was very clear that when her cup was full, she was like she is an incredible networker you know, connecting with new people, but also strengthening relationships and connecting them with one another. And so when her cup is full, that's not coming from like a needy or desperate place. It's just sort of, it's like, um, an inevitable thing that comes through. She can't help but connect with others and connect them with one another. Um, and you can tell it's just like a very genuine outgrowth of her and who she is. And you have things like this too. And it's more than just one thing. Of course, the key here is to spend your energy on filling your cup. And you can learn more about that in part one to fill it. Even when you think it has nothing to do with your career or it doesn't seem productive, you know, your fullness is going to trigger a different way of moving through your work and the world. And it sends ripples out that are going to be different 
they're going to open up different kinds of opportunities than the ripples that get sent out when you are, you know, exhausted or compromising yourself constantly. And again, if that happens, it doesn't mean that you're bad, but you do have a chance to shift things right now if you want to. So, you know, so we've talked about like filling your cup, letting it flow naturally, like organically overflow. And this happens all the time. And the the key here is to let it overflow, to fill yourself up so much that that force of the water cracks you open and benefits the ecosystem around you. But then we also want to be conscious about where the energy is going to, where is it overflowing into, and how is that shaping your little corner of the ecosystem? You know, is the energy that you're putting out flowing into the kind of environment that you want it to flow into? And again, the energy has to flow. Like, again, thinking about the Hierophant here, we can't help but have influence and impact on those around us. We are living, electric, you know, breathing beings that influence the situations and the relationships that we're in, of course. And if you're a working person, you your influence extends into your career. So it has to flow somewhere. And if it doesn't, then we get stagnation or accumulation where, you know, this overflow or um, stuckness and freezing develops. So it, it needs to keep going and flowing. But we want to be mindful about where it's going because we can be putting effort into our careers all day. But if the people and the places where it's going aren't in alignment for us, it's going to backflow or stagnate or, you know, become like a tsunami. So we need to notice if we are in healthy symbiotic relationships with the people that we're working with. And one way to think about that more clearly or to get a good sense of it is to imagine what your energy flow is like in your career right now using the metaphor of water. So if you think about like your cup filling up and you know, you're energized and you're naturally letting this energy overflow. So you're contributing through your work in some way, where does it go next? Is it going into like a stagnant pond where nothing is being appreciated, seen, used? Is it a bubbling brook where there's some vitality and, you know, freshness? Is it a mountain spring where like, you know, people are able to tap in right at the outset and receive nourishment from the work? Is it going into a wetland where, you know, maybe it's not moving a lot, but there's a lot of depth and a rich you know, a rich life there, lots of organisms are benefiting, where maybe there's, you know, a dry season, a wet season, you know, is it a bubbling hot spring where it's, you know, it's hot and people don't want to stay there for super long, but they get a lot when they're there? Or is it the ocean? Again, thinking about Pisces, is it this vast, you know, ebb and flow that feels like there's something bigger than you at play? And none of these are better or worse than any other, and you can think of your own water metaphor, but really to use that symbol of water as a way to tap into where you think your energy is going and how it's impacting the ecosystem that you're in. And all that this requires is your attention. You know, you want to fill your cup, let it overflow, send it in the direction that you most want it to go in. And it doesn't have to be, there's no like correct direction. (laughs) What we're looking for here is reciprocity. You know, 
is your overflow going into a place where it can be received and reciprocated and appreciated? You know, when your cup is empty, are you in a lifestyle or community where you can refill in whatever ways that you need to? So really just start where you are. Start with the overflows that feel natural. What comes from you when your cup is full, even if it doesn't make a lot of sense or seem like it's helpful on the surface. The work that feels energizing and feels like that sense of bubbling overflow is where we want to stay. We want to stay really close to that, even if we're not sure where it's going to lead or if it's, you know, quote unquote, okay, or if it's going to make our parents proud or whatever. Again, we're tapping into our own authority and wisdom right now, filling up and letting it overflow and channeling it into the environments where it can be received and where it's benefiting others. So this is simple work, even though it is not always easy, of course. And that's why it's really important that you are filling up first, because the joy and the groundedness that's going to come from doing that is going to lead you somewhere that you may not be able to choose when you're in a place of overwhelm and exhaustion. So if you can just start where you are, taking your contributions seriously, really letting the cup overflow, and then noticing who in your working life is able to receive it, you're going to be nurturing really beautiful new growth for the year ahead. Yeah, so there's just so much potential and beauty in this time of year. I'm excited to see how this lands for you. Of course, you can always let me know. Um, If this episode or this podcast feels helpful to you, please rate and review it. That would mean so much to me and help get the word out. If this topic resonates with you, again, join us in Cedar Lodge. It's free. It's a beautiful, sweet community of people who are doing thoughtful, good work and thinking about work in different ways. And of course, if you need deeper support, you know, look at an intuitive career reading and uh, connect with me on the website or on my newsletter. All right, my friends, I'll be with you in two weeks to talk about Pisces season and the final stages of winter. All right. Bye. Bye.